This morning I um, wanted to start by uh, changing things up. <laughs> um, I, I sort of prepared a message this morning, uh, not this morning, I prepared it throughout the week, don't, don't worry, and, and the weeks leading up to this morning. But this morning I felt like I was sort of pushing me and directing me in a different direction, which he likes to do sometimes just to keep me on my toes. Um, so that may end up with a shorter message or a longer one, who knows? <laughs> we'll just see how we go. Um, but I wanted to, in, in sort of honor of this um, cyclone, Gabrielle, bearing down on us, although honestly it looks quite lovely outside at the moment, not so bad, uh, but we do know it's coming. Uh, we know the winds are coming, the rains are coming again. Uh, we know that there will be flooding, we know that there will be issues, we know that there's going to be destruction, um, whether here in Auckland or other parts. I know Northland is getting battered right now um, and the Coromandel uh, soon as well. So in honor of that, I, I, I felt God sort of pushing me towards a classic storm story in the Bible. And so I wanted to take us into the book of Matthew, um, into Matthew chapter 9. Um, it's the context of this is Jesus has been running around uh, doing a lot of healing um, he's been sort of doing a lot of miracles and um, teaching people. And at the end of the day, he, uh, it says that Jesus got into the boat. They had a boat. They are in the uh, Sea of Galilee, uh, which is in the northern part of Israel. Not even sure if it's part of modern Israel or not. I probably should have looked that up, but I didn't know I was going to talk about this. So I didn't have a chance to do that. But Nate will see this uh, when he goes traveling over there, the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so this was a common place for people to go fishing, and um, they would travel back and forth across the lake a lot. So Jesus gets into the boat, and they start across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with... All right, thank you, Siri. Appreciate that. I'll go ahead and turn you off. You do not need to search across the lake for me. Thank you. So suddenly a fierce storm struck the, la struck the lake uh, with waves breaking into the boat. So again, if you know anything about the geography of uh, northern Israel and, and Galilee, storms would come across this lake quite often and quite quickly. It's not a huge lake. I mean, you can see clear across it pretty easily, uh, but storms would, would sort of pop up all of the time and they could get quite fierce and so these people were in a bit of trouble the boat was in a lot of danger of sinking um, their ships were to be smaller than we have today and more made of wood uh, than anything else and so susceptible to storms like this and so they were uh, starting to get a little panicky but Jesus it says was sleeping I don't know how, I can't even sleep on a plane when it's not shaking around. I don't know if you've had this issue or not. We, my, my dad could sleep anywhere. I cannot. Jesus apparently has that blessed gift of being able to sleep at any moment. Of course, he was exhausted, so that would have helped. And the disciples went and woke him up, and they're shouting at him. And they said, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. In another gospel, they're like, don't you care that we're going to drown? And you can hear the panic in their voices as the waves are slapping them across the face and the winds are howling and the rain is coming down. We're going to get a picture of this in the next day or so. We're going to get to see what this was like. And as all of this is happening and the, the boat is starting to fill with water, they're looking at Jesus like, hello, 
we're drowning, we're about to die, you're supposed to be good at stuff like this, can you wake up and do something? And so Jesus responded, I love this, why are you afraid? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Jesus, did you, you haven't woken up yet. You're still a little groggy. That's fine. Maybe take a little note of what's going on around us right now. Storms, waves, death, you know, bad things. And he's like, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. And we're thinking, can we tap into that somehow this weekend? Actually, can we rewind the tape and tap into that like over the last couple of weeks? The winds and the waves, can we just calm them down? And it's to find this is really interesting story here because obviously we're heading into cyclone territory the wind's already starting to pick up i see that tree moving i see you and so we get we're heading into the storm but we recognize this storm is nothing compared to a lot of the other storms that we're facing a lot of the things going on around the world we just prayed through the situation in syria they would be they would swap that for a cyclone in a heartbeat i'm sure and there's things going on in our lives. And we look at the story and we kind of go, maybe we need to wake Jesus up, right? Is that the, that, that's the theme of the story, right? Because Jesus is like, you don't have any faith. Why are you afraid? I'm here in the boat. And so we're thinking, well, they had Jesus in the boat, of course. They were safe. Of course they were safe. So maybe what we need to do is we need to wake Jesus up in our lives and we need to pray harder and we need to, to express more faith so that we can calm the wind and the waves of our lives. Yeah? No. I don't think so. I don't think that's what's happening here and I think it's a dangerous path for us to go down. Should we be praying? Yes. Should we have faith in the power of, of our God? Yes. But I think that misses the point of the story. This story is not just about God was in the boat, therefore they were safe. This story is about Jesus, sorry, Jesus was in the boat. This was a story for them in their moment, in their time. Jesus was in the boat, which meant they were safe because Jesus couldn't die at that point. That wasn't his purpose. That wasn't his plan. God had a specific plan that was going to happen, and the waves and the wind and the storms were not going to derail that plan. He couldn't drown because he had work to do. And they were with him, so they were safe. So does that mean it doesn't apply to us at all, right? Not true. This is the thing. And this is, I think, where we sometimes get mixed up a little bit with the way that we pray and the way that we have faith. Are we saying that if we pray Jesus' name that we will not experience bad things? I do not believe that to be true. I do not believe that to be true, especially since we just prayed over 25,000 people who died in Syria. Do we believe that none of them were Christians or that none of them who were Christians had enough faith? I'm not ready to say that, neither should any of us. 
the key that I believe Jesus is teaching us through this story is not that we can make bad things go away by praying Jesus into them, but rather that if we stick close to Jesus, we will not, we are safe in the sense that God's plan will not be derailed. God's plan will not be derailed. His plan is not contingent on us surviving in this world. Sometimes he saves, and we should pray for that. We should always pray for help. We should always physically go out and help as much as possible. But our security in who Jesus is is our eternal future with him. It's his plan for this world. We are safe when we're in the boat with Jesus because his plans will never fail. So, what does that mean when we face the storms that are going on in our life? What does that mean like when I'm sitting here getting ready to batten down the hatches because the cyclone's coming through? What does it mean when floods come ripping through? What does it mean when the ground beneath us starts to shake and the very foundation, the very thing that we stand on is moving? I went through the earthquakes in Christchurch, and I'm telling you, there is nothing that undermines your sense of safety like the ground shifting. That is the one thing that should not move. <laughs> so what does that mean when these things happen? What does it mean when death darkens our door? Many of you know that my family is facing a storm in our lives. I'm not going to get into it publicly, but for those of you who know, you know that that's coming the situations. We all have people in our lives who are struggling. Some of us are struggling right now. So how does Jesus being in our boat help? I love his question. The question he asked his disciples, the question he asks us, why are you afraid? Or perhaps a better question, what are you afraid of? What strikes fear into our hearts? What grips us with hopelessness? What drives us to throw our hands up in desperation and think, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this? If our faith is in Him, and his plan and his perspective on the world, it shifts the way that we think about what's going on here on this earth. doesn't mean this stuff doesn't matter at all. It just means our perspective shifts. So we're talking um, at the moment, we've been going through a series called Recenter. Um, and this idea that we want to bring ourselves back to this pathway of God, right? This bring us back to a space where we are on right track, we're moving forward in the right direction. We're talking about that as a church as well. And one of the things that we're talking about um, with this is this vision statement that we have, which Nate alluded to before, and it's talking about, which actually you can put up on the screen if you want, if you can find that. And it's talking about helping each other take our next step towards Jesus. And then this, this second part of it where it talks about a community, like what kind of community do we want to be? What kind of church do we want to be? What kind of people do we want to be? How do we want to be defined? If this church somehow ended up with a gravestone 
It's a really bad analogy for a church. But if, like, let's just say it did, and we're hoping it doesn't, uh, but what would be on it? Well, how would people describe us? What would be defined? We are hoping, we are praying that we are defined by a growing faith in Jesus, a genuine love for all people, and an act of hope for all the Northwest Auckland and beyond. And so we're going to talk about the, the love and, the, and, the, and the, um, the hope in the next couple of weeks. But today, what I was supposed to be talking about, what I do believe we are still talking about, is this growing faith. If we are going to be defined by growing faith, how do we do that? How do we draw closer to who God is? How do we put our faith, our trust in Him? And I believe that there is, the closer that we get to Jesus, the further we are going to get, or let me put this a different way, the more we rely on Jesus, the less we are going to be relying on the things in this world. We live in this world. Okay, we walk on this ground, we live in our houses, we use money, we eat food, we do all of these things and they are necessary. But the reliance that we have on them defines the way that God describes faith in the Bible. And I believe that Jesus is saying these disciples had little faith because they were so reliant on them surviving in this space. They were reliant on their boat They were reliant on the winds and the waves going their way. They were not reliant on God's plan. And so the more we rely on Him, the less we rely on the things in this world, the physical stuff we can touch, the people even around us, the reliance on them, the reliance on my success, the reliance on my bank account, the reliance on the things around me. I'm still, I'm still interacting with the things around me. That's still part of who I am and part of my life, but my reliance is on Him. So when the things around me, the people around me betray me, when the things around me start falling apart, when the ground I'm walking on starts moving, it's scary, yeah? But it doesn't derail me because my faith is in something bigger. If I die in this space... I continue with him. If I run out of money in this space, I continue with him. If every last person in this space betrays me, rejects me, and plenty of Christians have gone through this throughout history, I continue in him. And the more we embrace that, the more our faith solidifies and grows. That's what growing faith is. So as a church community, as people, this is possibly a difficult thing to sort of take on board, but the idea is that as we grow closer to Him, as we rely more on Him and less on the things around us, we will be growing in our faith. I'm 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 not going to go further than that today because we're already sort of running a little bit late, but I just want to... I want to encourage us, and I, and I pray the Spirit is going to use whatever garbled stuff has come out of my mouth today to, to, to grow you and to draw you closer to Him. It's not about me, it's about Him. I just want to leave this question sitting in your mind. Why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? As the winds 
blow over the next few days as the rain pelts down, as the, the floods may rise up. If you need help, please ask. We're not just sitting around, you know, like, I'm just not, I'm not afraid of anything. No, no, please help. We, we will help. We will help. But what are you afraid of? What is your life defined by? What is your foundation? And may we learn to move that closer and closer to Jesus. That's what we mean. And we want to help each other do that one step at a time. So I'm going to pray for us now um, as we continue on. Lord, we... um, I don't know, fear is such a big part of who we are. It's a big part of life, and we can't always control that emotion. And sometimes we we feel guilty because we get scared of things. But I'm not sure that's what you meant. Getting scared is is normal, Lord, but that deep-seated fear, that hopelessness, Lord, this is what you've rescued us from. Your plan, your, your sovereignty, the bigness, the hugeness of who you are keeps us safe even if our earthly experience becomes null and void naught if we perish or are injured or or, or broke or whatever Lord I know that's easy to say I know I would be very challenged in that area so Lord we're not praying that we'd just be able to flick a switch and, and become faithful completely but Lord, that you would guide us step by step closer into that space, that we would grow more reliant on you, that we would grow closer to you, able to withstand the barrage of of worries and concerns in this world because we're putting our hope in you. Teach us what that's going to be like. Show us. And, And may we help each other take that step towards that space. It's in your name we pray. Amen.